Yimio chapter 16, in the previous chapter, Yimio, one might say, had tendered his resignation. And God speaks to Yimio, words of encouragement, saying that I'll support you, I will be with you, and you speak for me. Chapter 16, however, begins with a striking set of verses. God spoke to me, says, Yimio, you are not to marry, and you are not to have children. No sons and daughters in this place. Because those that are born in this place, the sons and the daughters born in this place, and the mothers who give birth to them, and their parents, is both parents, the father as well, the mother and the father and the children, will all meet a terrible fate. They will die a terrible fate, a gruesome death. They will not be mourned. They won't even be buried. They'll be cast on the ground, like dung on the ground. They will die by the sword, famine, and their corpses will be strewn upon the earth. Thus says God, God says to Yemio, this is the word of God. After God says to Yemio, the way you live your personal life has to reflect the larger situation. The fate that will befall the people generally, you have to live that out in your personal life. But furthermore, you can't console either. Do not go to the house of mourning. Do not condole with them. Do not lament. I've withdrawn my favor from the people. And beginning in verse number six, actually, it describes mourning practices. Some of some of mourning practices that the Torah actually forbids. But there are a set of mourning practices over here that's very interesting. It's what you can't do. You're not permitted to console and mourn. They won't be buried. They won't be eulogized. Nor gash and hit godeid is to leave part of your hair cut. It doesn't grow. The Torah says, The Torah actually forbids this practice, but it's mentioned over here as practices in one form or another that people do. And then the book of Yermio continues, Lo yifrusu lahem al-evel l'nachamo al You shall not break bread for the mourner. There is a practice that when the mourner comes home, that the meal, the first meal, the first day, havra'ah, that the community feeds the mourner. That's not going to happen over here. Part of cons- consolation. There is no consolation. No, we will offer them a cup of consolation. The Talmud speaks about giving drinks in the house of the mourner. That's not going to happen over here either. Not even for parents. On the other hand, you will not party with them. Do not go to a house of feasting. To eat and drink with them. It recalls what Yirmiyot had said in the previous chapter, his complaint 
I am Badad. I am alone. And God did not say to Yermio in the previous chapter, you're not alone. You're not alone in the sense that I'm with you. That's true. But as far as the people are concerned, you are very much alone. You're in one place, and the people are in a different place. Yes, they may want to harm you, but I'll protect you. You won't be harmed by them. He is, on several occasions, threatened by them very seriously, but God will, God will protect your Miyahu. In the next section of chapter 16, once again, the text speaks of God's anger with the people. He's going to tell the people these things, and the people are going to say, what did we do wrong? And you're going to repeat everything they did wrong. And in fact, not only did you do wrong, but you're going to be cast out of the land. You will be sent out of the land, and in your captivity, you will serve other gods. I will show you no mercy. Part of the punishment of being in captivity is serving other gods. That's a verse we find in the book of Zvarim, not surprisingly. But the continuation is surprising. The continuation is, in verse 14, Rochein, therefore, Hinei yamim ba'im no'um Hashem. A time is coming, says God. V'lo ye'omer od, Chai Hashem ha'she'erot b'nei Yisrael me'eretz Mitzrayim. They won't say, at that time, they won't speak of, they won't, Chai Hashem is an oath. They won't swear by the God who took us out of Egypt, but rather, Kim Chai Hashem, when people mention God's name and swear by God's name, another year, Mi'alfim, when they swear by God's name, as God lives, Chai Hashem, it's an oath. Asher Herod b'nei Yisrael me'eretz tzafon, u'mikor ha'aratzot asher hidicham shama, v'ashivotim ha'radmatam asher natati ravotam. So at some point in time, we know that Yermio had prophesied, and will prophesy, that after a period of time, the people will return after 70 years. And over here, we have reference to that prophecy, the prophecy of return. And in those days when they return, they won't say, I swear by God that took us out of Egypt, but rather, I swear by the God who brought us back from the northern lands. These verses, which speak of a return, were actually cited very interestingly by Nachmanides. Nachmanides pointed out when you read the Torah, when the Torah speaks of the days of the week and the months of the year, the days of the week and the months of the year have no names. It's the first month, the second month, the third month. The months are counted from the month of redemption, which is the first month when we left Mitzrayim. And the days of the week have no names either. First day, second day, third day. And the days of the week relate to the seventh day, which is the Shabbat. And Nachmanides' understanding of that, in terms of the Shabbat, the days of the week counted from the Shabbat, is that the Sabbath is the holy day, is the central day. It's the day where we connect to God. It's the day we are putting aside our earthly pursuits and engage in religious activity, whether it's prayer, whether it's study, whether it's communal festive meals together, whether it's going to visit the prophet, 
So everything revolves around the Sabbath. When it comes to the months, everything revolves around redemption. We were redeemed in the first month, which has no name. And every other month, it's the second month, the third month, the fourth month. But it's interesting, says Nachmanides, that we know at present that the months have names. Nisan, Tammuz, Iyar. And those names, actually, the month of Nisan, the month of Tishrei, those are not Jewish names. We know from our study of the ancient Near East, Nisanu, Tishrei, these are names of the nations of the ancient Near East. So Nachmanides says that actually when you come back from the captivity of Babel, from the Babylonian exile, we are to remember the fact that God has redeemed us from the Babylonian exile. And the best way to remember that God has redeemed us from the Babylonian exile is that the months of the year are Babylonian months. The month of Nisan, the month of Tishrei. And Nachmanides says that's actually what the verse says over here in Yirmiyo, chapter 16. You won't talk about the God who took us out of Egypt, but rather you will speak of You will in that time, says the uh, Book of Yirmiyahu, you will speak of the God who redeemed you from the northern kingdoms, and. There's an interesting parallel in the verse between the redemption from the land of Egypt and the redemption from the northern kingdoms. The redemption from the land of Egypt becomes paradigmatic of redemption. But redemption can happen more than once in Jewish history. It happened in the land of Egypt, from the land of Egypt. But in these verses, in the prophecy of return, I shall bring you back, Vashivotim, here the redemption is not from Egypt, but rather. It's from the north, the Eretz Tzophon, and then the verse adds, in verse number 15, Umikola Aratzot, and from all the lands which you have been banished to, Asheri Dicham Shama. Reminds us of the verse, of course, in the Torah, chapter 30 of Deuteronomy, Devarim chapter 30, that after these things come to pass, in all of the lands, wherever you might find yourself, you've been pushed aside, you've been banished to, even in the farthermost corners of heaven. So here, actually, in these verses, 14 and 15, the response to Yirmiyahu, in effect, is it may be true that at present you see nothing positive happening. And you live in the moment. You live now. But I want you to know that someday people will return. People will come back. And one might even say that the prophecies of Yirmiyahu, the warnings of Yirmiyahu, are part of what makes it possible for people to come back. We have to remember that the prophet is speaking at the time the prophet speaks. There's a purpose that the prophet has. Each one has a mission. But as the Talmud says, the prophecies that are written down are prophecies that have significance, not just for the moment in which they're spoken, but prophecies prophecies that have significance for all time are the prophecies that become written down, become the book of books of prophecy. There may have been thousands of prophets, probably were, but only certain prophets have their words written down. And that's because there's a long-term effect. We can always learn from their teachings. We learn from their writings. So over here, 
in the last two chapters with the bitter complaints of Yermiel, and perhaps the resignation of one point of Yermiel, and here there's an effective response to Yermiel, that there will be a day in which speakable people will speak of the God, not only of the God who took us out of Egypt, or even primarily of the God who redeemed us from Egypt, but a God who redeems us from all of the lands.